Podcast like a motherfucker. So welcome back to the show. Uh, we're going to go over the Soaring Ancient background supplement now. Um, I'm assuming my co-hosts have not done too much reading, but let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah, you'll, you'll carry us in always. I think I think uh, I have... Uh, so I read like half of it in uh, bed uh, yesterday so that I don't really have notes for, for the first part, and then I start taking notes today, so... And uh, Alex, how much did you get through? I got to 13 pages. Ah, so you actually actually did some... So I, I've got okay. a question for you first. So before you read the background supplement of the Soaring Ancients, like, what was your preconception? What did you think about the Soaring Ancients? Like, what was your image of what they are and what their culture is before you read this? Ah, uh, well, I, I don't mind kicking this one off because I know very little also about the... Well, that, that, but that, but that's okay. Like, what? But what do you? What do you imagine? What do you imagine them as? What do you? What do? You, what's your preconception without knowing anything about them? I mean, they're basically like walking dinosaurs. You know, like they're. I would say that they're like. To me, they look like organized reptiles. Like they're just like monsters that go around, like you know, killing stuff. They're. I would say, you know, all the stuff that you would assume from, like, something that's reptilian, you know, cold-blooded, uh, like, maybe intelligence, but, like, a cold intelligence, you know, not like a, like a, like a not very thought-provoking, um, you know, pretty, like, straightforward, you know, hatch, hatch army, raise army, kill other armies repeat you know so, so, like, some sort of like alien intelligence yeah yeah so I mean there are I mean I can understand you know there are like some of these like you know casters and things like that that are maybe a little bit higher level sort of organization or leadership or whatever but basically like the rank and file are just like a bunch of monsters that they send to go you know fight and kill and Read some more and continue. You know, like I don't, I don't think of them as a very intelligent race. Uh, I think they're just, you know, yeah, a bunch of a bunch of crocodiles yeah, <laughs> walking around with swords. How about you, Casimir? Because yeah, I know, I know that you, uh, I know that you probably have a little bit better idea of what they are. Yeah, so like I, I think before I read anything uh, from uh, the nine phase background, I had like kind of a similar one, like a similar impression. I, to be honest, I think this is one of the books that, or like armies back in, in Warhammer Fantasy that I never really like. I didn't read much about them. I didn't really care. I also felt like it was always they were always kind of a like a boring faction to me. Like they were, you know, they they just had like some super sentient uh, masters or something like the big frogs that that just, like, kind of controlled everything, and all the other guys are, as you said, like, kind of cold-blooded, not very, like, maybe, like, somehow cunning, but not very intelligent, just, like, they just do whatever the fuck they're told, and it just seems very boring. Like, that that's my, like, my impression of Sarnations <laughs> is, like, it's boring to play against, and it's a boring uh, army, conceptually. Like, that, like, 
you know, it's a little bit interesting because there's dinosaurs, but somehow they managed to make dinosaurs boring. Like, that was my impression of, of what it was before. <laughs> okay, okay, fair enough. But but how about, like, the history and stuff like that? Like, what, do you remember what we talked about when we did the... Yeah, the, yeah, yeah definitely. Like, so, the, so, so to me, like, then if we go into, from reading some other Nine Fitch stuff, like, I, I know which was super intriguing, this, this thing is, like, in the, I think it's called the Dawn Age, and uh, they like that that we know from like the world hymn i think it was called in the, Correct, the yeah. basic rule book that uh, that the, ev- all the other races were enslaved under the saurians in the beginning of, of time kind of or like the kind of before all the other civilizations were, were started and that i thought was really interesting that the saurians took like this kind of major role as not just some like random like cosmic dudes or something like they they actually like had had like kind of a part in fucking up everybody else and like then somehow paying the price by some meteor or something uh so so i thought that was really interesting but i didn't really know so much more than that uh like i've i'd heard like from the forums that they had some like warrior poets now or something like that but (laughs) but not so much more than that we'll get we'll get there i think (laughs) yeah definitely all right so what did you learn from the first piece of background So this is the page three of the background supplement. Um, it's like a one-page text. It's a yeah. letter oh, yeah. and the last will and testament of Milena Petrovich. Yeah. So I mean, uh, basically, um, what what it's what it's what it's explaining is that the Saurians are like a predating empire. So like prehistory. Um, or pre like whatever the current history is, they had a like like the the various existing factions find Saurian relics or Saurian uh, ruins like in their places in the world, like all over the world essentially. So they like had this there had this period where they were like the high empire of 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 the planet and. Um, and they've sort of fallen into a mysterious, uh, not necessarily ruin, but they've sort of like reclused themselves into into a sort of a state of mystery where people don't know much about them. They don't communicate outwardly, it seems, and uh, and they don't seem to make effort to um, sort of, without rhyme or reason, venture out into into the rest of civilization. They just sound to me more like a like a really reclusive ancient empire that yeah, yeah. helps helps to make them even more like alien to yeah. the exactly like it, it's quite clear that they were like a once great civilization and that as as kind of Casmir alluded to um at the start like we we know we know from the background um in the rule book that the the Saurian ancients were kind of the overlords of all the the other races at one point and they were like spread across the world and then we know also that they were decimated by this cataclysm that happened creating yeah. like the i think it's called the blasted sea or some something okay. whether or the whether big the comet hit and everything got destroyed and then and now they've kind of receded into these hidden enclaves yeah um i think they're there's a couple of really interesting things in this first text. I, I think uh, in paragraph, was it four or something? They, they talk about that there's like a, a legendary realm of Atua or something. That's a magical island stronghold uh, with just Saurians on it. 
Yeah. And this gave, gave me like kind of a, a, the vibe I get from this and also throughout the rest of the text later is that they, they kind of based it, they're kind of like, a, or a lot of them seem to be based out of some, uh, an island civilization. Uh, so I feel, I would imagine on the Knife Edge map, it's like towards Sundan, like in the, in the very like south uh, east, I guess, of the map. You would be uh, correct with, in that assumption. Ex- yeah, exactly. And and then, but then also they talk about the fact that they have like actual fucking portals that they can like teleport between their little enclaves and stuff. So, uh, so that's quite interesting. Yeah, well, so why, why expose I think as, as we as we learn, we learn with that we we learn that they have a little bit more like ancient technology and stuff, right? Yeah, and th- and that's something that we will learn as we go. Um, yeah, but yeah, you're I right. The other thing that's really interesting is also that they, like, before I think, you know, my understanding of Saurians was like, oh, they're, they're lizards, they kill people they don't like, kind of. But here, this guy, in his will, he mentions that they, like, they're known to, like, sometimes they just come out and they just kill, you know, whatever for seemingly unknown reasons. But other times they have, like, food and supplies to help them survive a siege or a famine or something like that. And yeah, they, they actually, they like, bring some, workers. They have some stuff. kind of hidden agenda, right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. I thought that was that was actually really interesting. Like that, that's quite different. Yeah. Some other other points that I I got from this text was that the the enclaves tend to be in places where it's quite warm, and I think this will kind of come up as we as we go through the background. Yeah. Like the the heat is quite important because I think when you, if you're a cold blooded animal, then you maybe need like the heat to survive or to to feel comfortable yeah, for sure. and and also that they have a deep respect for life like this is something also that we'll cover um yeah. but this kind of like initial text that we got like the overview it, it, it seems that they have this kind of respect for life and and for civilization and that they have this some sort of philosophy that they kind of lends themselves to like preserving life so yeah that's i think the first one that that's about all we learn so what about the second text the history text right so this one is like uh i thought was pretty cool it's a little indiana jonesy yeah (laughs) you know like they go into this like they find this hidden passage stairwell where they go down into this I guess like former I don't know if temple's the appropriate term but just some sort of building place with a bunch of you know glyphs telling stories about about the um, I guess the golden age of uh, of the Saurians and uh, it also, I thought was kind of what other thing I, was kind of cool is this is where the two, it's like a human and a and an elf are like working together, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like an elf from uh, Kalida Alba Ablan, so it's a highborn elf as well. Yeah, so it's sort of this interesting collaboration between like elves and basically anyone, um, you know, douchey elves and their douchey. Exactly. You know, actually get on with with a human. Um, And 
and and it was kind of a cool story, right? It was just like okay, you get you get insight, I think, with this with this narrative that was like a little bit nicer than um, than just sort of the previous page, which sounds a bit more like an excerpt from an encyclopedia or something. You know, this is more like relaying this this experience that this person has with an actual other archaeologist, sort of the sharing of knowledge, which was pretty cool. It was it was very uh, much like journey to the center of the earth kind of vibe I got from this. Yeah, definitely. And they they talk about that there's like a mur- mural inside of this building, which kind of shows some where the Saurians have like documented the different ages that they've been through and like yeah. things they experienced. And, and this so. is also similar to what we know from World Hymn, right? Yeah, exactly. So there's like some time where before where they're like uh, you know happy or whatever, and then like something happens and they're they have to survive a cataclysm. And uh, then they're like, uh, this is the first we hear about them like persecuting the uh, uh, Anurarks, I think is how you say it. That's correct. Which yeah. uh, I think is the new word or like the new name for the Quattles. That's correct. Uh, so it's like kind of how the other Saurians like rise up and like uh, kill them or, or like, uh, I guess, imprison them at least, like rebel against them. Which uh, I thought was quite interesting, and it's kind of it's well written in the sense that it's like it, it gives you it like it leads you uh, interested to learn more because it actually doesn't tell you a lot about it. It just kind of says that like oh well these you know not the, all is not well between the different uh, types of uh, sorry nations you know. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, it kind of it kind of introduces you to the different types, right? So these uh, anoraks like. Um, it says that they were like extinct, but then reappeared. And uh, I don't know how much you kind of read into it, but I can kind of hint a little bit that it's somewhat linked to like the Inferno. I don't know if you picked up on that. Yeah, so the Inferno is what, like the sort of demon spawn? So yeah. the, the Inferno is, is what happened when the Infernal Dwarves uh, opened a, like a, a gateway to the across the veil into the realm of chaos. Yeah, exactly. And they get like, they destroy a lot of shit, but they also get a lot of power. Yeah. So they kind of made the wasteland by like opening this gateway. And then, yeah, as Casimir said, they gained the power because they can like summon the the Kidim from across the veil. Uh, But obviously it caused a lot of devastation. And I, I don't wanna I don't wanna give too much information, but I think <laughs> this kind of this opening of the gateway maybe woke up some slumbering uh, slumbering under arcs. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, because it seems like to me from when I read it, the impression I got that like before this event or, or before they came back, uh, like essentially what ended like after the, the comet struck it seems like the other Saurians decided, like, enough of you guys, like, enslaving everybody. We're just going to fucking kill you. Kind of thing. Like, that That was kind of the, the, the like, this rebellion type of vibe that I got. Yeah, I mean, but as, as, we, as we can see, there's the different types of Anoraks, right? Yeah, definitely. Like, with different agendas and things like that. Yeah. And a, a couple of other interesting bits I got from this is, like, that they talk a little bit about the rafts and the colonization and the collaboration. I kind of, yeah, here, I kind here of here like, definitely got the island like civilization. Yeah, I kind, right? I kind like of linked it a little bit like to Noah's Ark or something like that. 
I, I was more thinking of like the uh, you know the what's it called Indonesian civilizations uh, around like off the coast of, of Australia. These people who like colonized all these islands on, on big canoes, like yeah. riding back and forth and stuff. Exactly, and yeah. I, th- I think it's definitely inspired by that. And I think um, as you mentioned before, like Atua, like this uh, island is probably. Uh, I, I, I don't want to divulge too much, but it's probably off the edge of the map somewhere in Indonesia or somewhere like that, right? Yeah. But still, like, then when they talk about the canoes, below that, it has, like, oh, it says that they find two runes that simply say, kill anarchs. So, like, there's definitely, like, this, this antagonistic relationship between between the other Saurians and the, and the big toads. Yeah, exactly. So, I think we should move on to the next one at this point. Yeah, I think that the only thing, I, the last thing I want to mention though is that they talk about uh, vitalism as the, the first time here, and that's what the next section is about. But they also call it like the the Kuros spiral or something, which is like the central in this their religion called vitalism, which is the next section. Yeah, so take it away. Uh, yeah, so the the next one I found was this is hilarious. Like uh, this this was really <laughs> well written. I thought uh, so. This is like a pamphlet that a Saurian has like written to to some like humans or some ogres or something. I am not sure. I think it's yeah yeah to the ogres. about ogres yeah yeah exactly. They've written like a pamphlet to the ogres, which is like, why should you join our religious cult? <laughs> and I think they did it quite well. It definitely reads like a motivational like kind of poster thing about like why why should you join Jehovah's Witnesses? So <laughs> we we learned that. <laughs> We learned that the the Saurians they have this like kind of life worshiping cult uh, or religion called Vitalism, which which like kind of they see as the the cosmic uh, like right or like the, the the cosmic right way to live or something like that, which is like uh, opposing entropy. So so kind of creating order and structure as much as possible because entropy for people who aren't into physics is kind of. Entropy is like disorder. So like the more things fall apart, the more entropy increases. And like a physical law is that entropy will always increase uh, no matter what happens in any like physical um, uh, mechanism. And the Saurians, they they oppose this. They want to like create life, create order and structure. And that's like what their their whole religion is is based around. Yeah, this kind of vitalism idea uh, is is quite... it, It kind of transpires the whole book. It kind of goes through... Everything, and I, I think we're probably going to see this materializing in the rules as well. Yeah, I thought this was really cool. It's also kind of hints on the fact that we we know, I think, that the uh, Saurians are getting uh, the Druidism back, and this definitely has like shouts Druidism when you read this uh, this uh, religious pamphlet. Yeah, for sure. And um, it also talks a little bit about like it, they kind of justify like enslaving all the other races in some way so it's it's like uh i put that it's like a little bit like a zoo so they're like they're kind of preserving the races like the elves and the humans and the ogres and the orcs and the goblins and dwarves yeah they're like putting them in some like enclaves like like a almost like a we like humans do with animals right now in a zoo just to make sure that they can survive and they can live and it, it kind of in some ways trying to justify this yeah, it's it's a little bit like civilizing the savages, where yeah. kind of like colonialism thing, where it's like these things aren't you know if we let them to themselves, they will just kill each other. So it's better that we just keep them and we rule them and we make sure they don't do anything stupid. Yeah, <laughs> which is ironic in a lot of ways, right? 
Yeah, definitely. Like they, they definitely have a lot of like, um, uh, yeah, what's it called? Like uh, contradictions, uh, which is which is quite nice. Like uh, I, I, I definitely enjoyed reading this one. Yeah, this one was uh, a good one. But and I, I think I, the end, the end is really great as well because it's sent to some ogres and like it's written. This is written by like a. First of all, I thought this was super interesting. So this is written by a woman who apparently is like the woman raised by ogres, Paul, called like Pascaline Kalat or something like that. Uh, or no, like she's corresponded with Pascaline Kalat, but her name is Helene or something like that. And she's like the woman raised by ogres. So she lives with the ogres or some shit. And it says that like this pamphlet was like a bit too forceful. So the ogres like sent them away and then the Saurians came back and they were like more reasonable and they're like, okay, like, you know, don't worry, we're not going to be that forceful, but please, you know, join our religion. And the ogres were like, oh, we don't respect fucking weak bitches. So then <laughs> Yeah, it's like, ah, oh, you didn't, you didn't respect your conviction, so fuck off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I thought that was really great. Yeah, that's cool. It also gives you like a little bit of insight into how ogres think, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, and also it's also interesting like the, the Saurians can somehow communicate with other races. There's obviously like, obviously they have some kind of language or they can communicate in some ways. They're not just like... They like, drafted a pamphlet, so... Yeah, yeah right? They so they can write, write. Yeah. yeah, they can write or, I mean, they're, they're not just like lizard brain morons. They're, they can communicate. Well, I mean, they have this... What do you call it? I mean, they have these... Um, these glyphs or whatever, hieroglyphs, right? Which is like their natural way of of writing or whatever, right? Like that's, yeah. they already sort of just have that. But then, um, but then they, you know, like you said, like they're not just it's it's not just oh we have this primitive, you know, writing style that it's like all pictures and you know metaphors. It's like also. No, no, we get how to talk like other other languages too. It's like we don't have to speak in riddles. We we can also just like write you a thing that's like, you know, do you find the world around you confusing and troubling? <laughs> do jealousy and greed disturb your petty dreams? Are you left unsatisfied by the race for personal gain? You know, I'm like, like yes, exactly. <laughs> ogre, ogre's like yeah. Ogre's <laughs> like I'm um, hungry, bro. <laughs> but like, yeah, this whole. This whole thing, I guess, the thing that um, that's sort of unclear to me is, and maybe it's maybe it's you guys have an idea of it a bit more is when this story of um, of the Saurians trying to convert this group of ogres happens. I guess it's obviously not during their their high age. It's like in the, it's in the more current times because yeah, you know, I think it's, so. So this is like a bunch of Saurians like coming out of one of their enclaves or hidings, like going to a boom some nearby ogres and being like, Hey y'all <laughs> you know, we've been sitting around at our like retreat, you know, in the hot sun and the you know, in the tropical breeze, just kinda of thinking about stuff and you know, this is like a pretty cool way of thinking of the world. Yeah, exactly. Like, do you want to do you want to come and smoke some of this shit that we've been smoking? Yeah, yeah exactly. like, come on, like, come on <laughs> over. And... It'll be so great if you also joined us. Like, you know, <laughs> just, like a little love. It's like ev- every, everyone name, wants like vitalism and stuff, bro. Like, just come and smoke my shit, and then we all be good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like yeah, they just fantastic. seem really chill. 
know, <laughs> these are definitely like the stoners of the ninth age. Yeah. The spiral, bro. The spiral is like so metaphorical. <laughs> but I mean, this was, when I read this, I was like, okay, this is a little bit. This is a bit, bit not what I was expecting. When I read that part, I was like, what? Because up to up, uh, like the first five pages or whatever, I'm like, okay, yeah. Like, they, it's basically, here's what, you know, the first page is like, here's what we know, you know, in, like I said, in an encycl- encyclopedic type, you know, writing. And then the next one is this sort of more personalized story about this experience of an archaeological find. And then suddenly it's like, so these like super high lizards came out of the jungle <laughs> with like with like a scroll for like the leader of the ogres I lived with and they were like, Bro, like you should bro. totally come surf with us, man. Co smoke. And the ogre was like the ogre was like, I don't know, man. And then the then the lizards left and they came back later and they were like, So we, we had to think and we like really appreciate your feedback and stuff. Um <laughs> And, and so we decided to make a few changes. You know, we're going to go ahead and say that, you know, vitalism is, is like, can be more mellow than that. You know? <laughs> like, no pressure, you know? The guy's like, the fuck? <laughs> it's like, it's we were drunk when we were talking before, and now I'm sober, so fuck off. <laughs> yeah, it's like, these guys are a little wishy-washy. Let's just shoot them with our cannons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So in conclusion, vitalism is all about getting like high. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Vitalism is good vibes. That's that's basically good vibes. <laughs> seems seems to be. All right. So what about the next one? Yeah, I mean, I really think that this was not as good as like there was when we read the um, the infernal dwarves stories. Yeah, they did some like poems and stuff. Those were like really epic and cool. And I found that this was just like a bit noisy. This was, yeah, just a bit shit. I I didn't really write anything for this because it was wank. So I was like, yeah, it's it's like just count, just count the exclamation points and tell me when you're bored. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's it definitely it's difficult to read. It's it's about like the collaboration, and I think we learn later that that's like how the collaboration is like the basically the pact between this, all the Saurians to to kind of further vitalism and, and fight entropy. But it just doesn't really, like, it's, yeah, it's, it's hard to get anything from this one, I think. Yeah. It just talks about the spiral growing a lot, and like, okay, cool, that's it, probably good. It kind of, like, sets, sets the culture up a bit, but, yeah. I just wrote the spiral, that's what I wrote. Yeah, exactly. It's like, eh, okay, next. Spiral. But I, I mean, it, it kind of, I guess it's like, okay, maybe if you're going to do your army and you're going to kind of fluff it a little bit, you're going to draw loads of spirals on your banners. Yeah, I guess so. Fair enough. So, okay, next one. So uh, this one is a little bit more about, it talks about like the, some of the enclaves that there, that there are around the world. Yeah, exactly. It's like some some dude talking about his stay in the in kind of the uh, the eastern part of the world, I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it, it talks about like the the volcanic realm. 
and uh, some yeah. hidden islands. Like it talks about Atua. It talks about um, Oxetepel, Ox Oxetepetel in Valencia. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, it also talks a little bit like about um, how like, like the obviously like the vitalism is is quite an important part of their religion. I, th- I think it's a bit sad that they kind of don't sacrifice to to their gods like the Aztecs do. <laughs> like yeah, but yeah, we do get some of that later. I think yeah, uh, like actually. yeah, but yes. but that's more of like a a smaller like a, yeah thing. But but like the main the main kind of Saurian culture is is not is not really like that. Like maybe they were in the old background. But I mean, I, I think this is like a missed opportunity. I, I would have quite liked for the Sauron Ancients to be like the bad guys. Um, yeah, maybe. But I, I kind of enjoyed it. So what I really think when we'll get into that is that they, they really managed to make the sub-factions really interesting in this one. Like they have the, the, the main faction of Saurians we get is this, these like kind of peace-loving hippies that love life in all its forms. Smoke, uh, but then. But then later you'll get some of those other things that then like kind of shine a little bit more because they're they're so different. Whereas this one is also, I mean, like different to what you normally expect in, in like kind of a, a war game, I guess. But one thing I found was interesting here is that they talk about like some some enclave in Selexia where they like keep a lot of cattle, and it talks about them having to like compete to the, with the beast herds to keep cattle. Yeah. So two things. Two things. First of all, they're like, they're like they're fucking hippies, but they're not vegan, which is like not good. Like they're, they're like they're definitely breaking some of the vibes right here. And then, and then the it's second like thing, a, like the like the circle of life. <laughs> yes, which means we just eat the shit out of these cows. And, but then the second thing is that we learned that beast herds keep cattle. So, like, I feel like we're one step closer to knowing if a beast herd person would fuck a cow. <laughs> or if they're vegan or not. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, like, either either they keep the cows from milk, I guess. Oh, yeah, they, maybe. Or they, or they maybe. Them, or they just, like, but, fuck But them, if, right? if like, they're drinking milk, then they're not vegan. Yeah, that's true, that's true. But, like, I don't know, if you suck it directly from the cow's teeth and you're also kind of a goat, like, like I don't know, like, maybe we're in the gray zone. Yeah, I mean, uh, like if, uh, I mean, I I've seen I've seen a grown cow drinking, I've I've seen two grown female cows drinking out of each other's others before. That's like, <laughs> what? That that happens? Yeah, yeah, all the time. <laughs> oh man, oh, I I've missed out on so much being a city boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I mean, I, I've seen that like many times. Like this is like, <laughs> oh, mama cow's hungry. Other mama cows hungry, you know, like rock cub to each other, have a little, have a little go on that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like oh, old time vibes. I mean, it's, <laughs> something else I took from this text was that the some of the Saurians ride horses. Yeah, shit. Yeah, they're, they're like the fucking civilized. They're like literally cowboys. <laughs> Listen, cowboys. Yeah, I mean so, that is super weird. Like, why would I? I thought they would have rid, rode other dinosaurs. Well, that, that comes later. But I guess when needs must, if you don't have any, if you don't have any dinosaurs to ride, then you ride horses. I guess if you're a six or seven foot lizard, you can probably ride a horse. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like if needs arise, you ride some cows. You know, whatever you need. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Sure. Okay. 
I mean, I think that that definitely comes up. Like, depending on where they're from, they have like different uh, like beasts that they utilize for in their armies in terms of mounts or beast of burden or whatever, depending on where they live. Yeah. So uh, I think I think this gave us like a little bit of information about at least some of the enclaves and and kind of the the direction of of each of the like the civilizations that or the cultures that live there. Yeah. How about the next one? This is quite interesting. Yes. One. Yeah, I think so too. So here we we get like the in in the, all the previous uh, army books, we usually like follow a character, and I think this is the first one that actually like probably follows that character that might reoccur later in the in the army book as well. And her name is uh, Natalia Petrovich, and she's a uh, her herpetologist. I don't know what the fuck that is. Uh, I guess that somebody studies dinosaurs or something. I have no idea. Um, uh, but yeah, she she's like on some kind of uh, anthropological anthropological uh, journey to study some uh, some sorry nations with her husband. So they like hike into the jungle to to find uh, to find the Saurian enclave uh, to study it. And uh, and when they uh, get there, they uh, first they like camp out next to it and they they study it for a while and like nothing happens really and her husband gets really like frustrated and she like documents some stuff about the different types of saurians they see. So they see that they have four casts, which is kind of what we expect. So there's the skinks who are like uh, four feet tall, maybe really like uh, fast, and um, then you have the tegus, which I think is the uh, uh, kind of the new name for like a saurian warrior i'm not sure what they were called in the slim book but that's, something like that's that that's correct yeah exactly and they, they say they can grow up to seven feet right now uh, but she also notes that they seem to have like kind of the same level of intelligence as the skinks so so like kind of the same like 90 percent. you have the caimans who are like eight feet tall kind of like monstrous uh, infantry size probably and uh, they say that she says that they look like really fearsome, but they also seem really like mellow, like really chill, ponderous. They seem to meditate a lot and just like kind of relax. But like if somebody angers them, they get like go mental. Yeah, these uh, are like basically giant crocodile men. Yeah, exactly. Like exactly. giant exactly. philosopher, philosopher crocodile man, basically. The the deep bro. The, they smoke all the weed. Yeah, exactly. Good times. <laughs> good times. It's just super weird, like. You know, to think like, okay, these like these like super large trap jawed like monster lizards are like No, actually we're pretty chill, bro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. like, Have you ever like, thought about how we're all connected and stuff? Like those are the they're the lizards that like, yeah, do some like DMT or whatever it is that one that we see angels with, I forget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, whatever. Like the the one you, the the one they always talk about. The, the angel watcher one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just like what? Okay. Sure. Yeah. So exactly. in in, con- in conclusion, the the caimans are smoking the most junk. The anoraks are probably smoking even more, but there's not ma- yeah. that many of them. <laughs> and everyone is just like happy vitalist wants to be hot, wants to be warm. Everyone eats meat, but they're vegans. Yeah, it's like they're, they're meat-eating vegans. Perfect. That's a perfect uh, analogy. <laughs> and they yeah, can and I think, communicate tele- telepathically. 
Yeah, exactly. She says that like, see, so what happens is that they like kind of scout this place out, and then her husband gets like too frustrated, so he like tries to sneak up and like kidnap one of the small dudes, like one of the skinks or something. And uh, then of course all the the Saurians get like fucking angry, and they just kill him, and they take her prisoner. And then she like, but they don't don't kill her, so she like kind of is their prisoner or something, and they st- she starts to, like, communicate with them and, like, figuring out ways they can, like, actually talk to each other because they, they apparently, their, like, vocal cords can't make human sounds. Well, so they have well, to, like, go through... lizards, right? Yeah, exactly. So they have to, like, go through, uh, like, uh, written language or body language and, like, symbols, stuff like that. Uh, but, yeah, then she's there for, like, a few months and she managed to, like, communicate with them a little bit. And then the fast-forwards to, like, the fact that she's been there for, like, 10 years... And she's like been fully integrated into the cult. She's like, oh, she's like, like I don't a, know. She's a vitalist, right? Yeah, she's like, it's so weird, like writing in this fucking primitive bullshit language that's not connected to vitalism. So I guess I should just make this journal entry. But like, this place is like really cool. And then she talks <laughs> about the fact that she got to see like the hatching season. So I find that this was quite interesting um, because apparently. All the Saurians are female, so like in the hatching season, they like lay their eggs, and like uh, the, uh, the the like the male eggs or something, they hatch first, and then they like fertilize other eggs, and then they just die. So they spawn these like little super tiny tiny cute Saurians who go around and jizz all over the other eggs, and uh, <laughs> this is exactly those, what I like, thought as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then they spawn like the actual Saurians who are all female. So I thought that was quite interesting, but it also makes sense, I guess, like. Sure, whatever. I, I thought they were maybe, you know, like the kind of animal that doesn't really have a gender. Like the, you know, they can do whatever needs be. Like lay an egg, fertilize it, whatever the fuck. But nah, nah, bro. I mean, all, all, all of them I mean, just like pop out eggs all the time. Don't I mean, I'm slightly confused about one thing. Um, and, uh, and that is, so they lay a bunch of eggs. Then some of the eggs hatch with males in them. And then those males go and fertilize the other eggs. But how did the male eggs get fertilized? That is a fucking good question. That's a very good Some, question. Somebody, somebody who wrote this is an idiot. Does <laughs> <laughs> like, not like, understand basic uh, reproduction methods. It's like, oh man, it's perfect. We, like they, they, they hatch these small little male eggs that fertilize all the other eggs. Okay, great. But then, then how did the male egg get fertilized if all the male egg, if all the males die after they fertilize the Dude, eggs? This is this is like just like in the Bible with like the part where where like whatever Cain and Abel or something are the only humans, and then it just says like then they went to the other people and stole some women to have as their wives. And you're like, yep, that's how it works. <laughs> so the only humans, but then other humans. Yeah. <laughs> cool story. Yeah, I think there was, I had a lot of questions about this. Like, um, I think I think firstly we need to address like the Cayman philosophers. I think this is yeah, like definitely. a contentious issue. Yeah, this, this has been like definitely a big, big topic on the forums, I think. Yeah. So, so the Caymans, apparently, according to this, they because they live longer and they're very ponderous, it makes them very philosophical, and that means that they like become like poets and artists and. Yeah, like it says that they just like spend most of their time like meditating and just like kind of becoming more enlightened or some shit. Which is like, which is like a nice way of saying they lay on rocks in the sun. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe that is how we should interpret this. It, like the Saurians, they're like I'm meditating, bro, and they're actually just sleeping. It's like I'm a whole-blooded fucking giant dinosaur lizard. <laughs> I 
I'm just like, chilling, bro. I, I'm chilling. I need to fucking relax. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> they're, like, they're, smoking, they're smoking the most weed. Yeah, exactly. I just, I'm just imagining these crocodile dudes with like long ass beards, you know, like wispy, wispy like uh, Oriental type beards, like just hanging, flying in the wind. I, I literally stuff. wrote that it's, it could be something akin to samurai. Like they spend their time like meditating and training and drinking tea and shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I like I don't I don't per se mind it. Like I think it, I think it like kind of with what they've set up with this like basically hippie civilization. I I do feel like it it does work. These are the uber, also, uber hippies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So they're instead of being like uber uber violent, they're uber hippies instead. Like they're just like a little another level from the other dudes. I mean, it's 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 funny. You know, like that's the way that I would put it. It's funny. <laughs> Like it's a funny way of thinking about it, and 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 okay. Yeah, like take it, take yeah. from that what you will. Yeah, yeah. Like and, I don't and, mind. I don't mind. And, and and as you say, like the the reproduction method is like a little bit weird. Yeah, it, I think it also says something here. I think it's Not in this part where where it says something like all the different species of saurians can like lay eggs for the other species. And I'm like, what? So yeah, wait, so, like, so, it's, it's, so it seems like. Um, like the regular saurians, let's let's say the tagus, they tagus, they yeah. they pop out the eggs, and then some of them are skinks, some of them are tagus, some of them are caimans, some of them are anoraks. Very rarely, but some of them are. So it seems a bit like kind of random what you're gonna get. <laughs> yeah, that seems a bit weird, I guess. And also, like, since the anorarks are, like, so hunted and, and, like, I don't know, like, that's, are you just going to bash those eggs then? Like, I don't know. Like, like why, are you, why are you hunting them if you can just smash them when they're an infant? Yeah. <laughs> Good point. It's not like, and, and I mean, yeah, this, whole thing, this whole thing is silly, silly billy to me. Well, like, <laughs> like, as, as you say, it seems like all the saurians are actually females, which is interesting. Yeah, I, I'd like that. Like... Yeah, I don't know. As you said, like, how did the male eggs get fertilized? I think it would make much more sense if all the the uh, saurians were just like some type of you know hermaphrodite uh, gender changing animal that just like you know when it's time to fertilize the eggs, we fertilize the eggs. When it's time to lay the eggs, we lay the eggs. You know, like so, some of them switch, some of them don't. Yeah, exactly. Like that would make more sense to me. Yeah. You know, like, there, there's, like, lots of sea animals and shit that, that work like that. Like, you know, they just, like, depending on the climatic situation or whatever, they just switch gender to whatever's needed. But there's also kind of, like, an, like, an, like, they're trying to explain, basically, things that are lizards and amphibians with one all-encompassing answer. Yeah. Uh, which I think is, which, you know, is, is difficult to do. But I think somebody, whoever whoever was in charge of this, like, didn't take like grade four science. So, <laughs> which is which like, like funny because there, there, I know there's like a guy who's like a dinosaur expert. I don't know if he's on this team, but I know he's like in. He's definitely on some like uh, LAB team, like maybe the Infernal Dwarfs or something. So, like maybe they could just ask him. You know, he he, he, no, had, a, he had a big part in this. Okay, so maybe maybe he knows more than we do. Like maybe we're, yeah, maybe we're stupid, the stupid, and he's just like, ah, oh, this is exactly how it works, you know. <laughs> I have to, I have to go check on my kid. I'll be right back. No worries. So uh, I think I think also um, 
it also mentions like the anoraks and that they're guarded and kind of kept apart from the the other saurians and that it also says that they're like big frogs <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, you get the sense that they're like half prisoners, half uh, half like royalty. Yeah, and I, I think really, that's, I, that's quite yeah. interesting and very different to what we're used to seeing. I think that to me, that's like the strongest thing they've introduced so far in, in the the fluff for for the Saurians is this fact that like it's not it's not just a civilization where like all the other lizards are stupid and there's like one super lizard frog that just like you know decides everything. It's more like there's like a like where they don't really want to follow this person but they like uh, they like respect their power and their like insight the magic and stuff but like they're always kind of you know it's it's kind of like the emperor to the praetorian guards in rome where like they always have a knife to their throat and saying like if you fuck us we're just gonna kill you <laughs> yeah exactly but but i think that kind of dichotomy is quite interesting rather than like the classic games workshop trope that we used yeah to. exactly yeah, I did. that to me was like it was super, super cool. Actually, like I yeah. really like it. Yeah, me too. So, how about the the next one then? Let's see, entitled "Governments." Uh, yes, this is a a poet who is like, uh, what was he doing? Uh, he's yeah, he's like at a bar or some shit, reciting something, and then. Uh, then somebody like shows him some like uh, ancient Saurian texts. I think. Yeah, correct. So so uh, he so he was like um yeah, they they had he had the opportunity to recite uh like a poem or something at like a tavern. Yeah. And um he and he he gets kind of talking to this guy and then he can read the symbols. Yeah, like the guy has like a booklet of, of stuff and yeah. the poet is like, oh shit, I can read this. And the guy's like, oh, you can really? Like, this is Saurian stuff. Like, I'm pretty sure it's above your pay grade, you know? But then... <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> I, I got you, bro. I got you. Yeah, no problem. So it turns out, oh yeah, so it turns out that like these, these it, it like the this guy has, has like a copy of some runes that were taken from like a Saurian enclave that's been destroyed by Infernal Dwarfs. Yeah. Uh, so, so there's a couple you, of really interesting things. Do you think it's Infernal Dwarves? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Infernal Dwarves because it has like the, or at least, well, uh, yeah, maybe. I, I, I actually, actually, I actually thought it was regular dwarves. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah, actually, now when you say it, I don't think there's actually anything that this, that kind of says if it's Infernal Dwarves or not. I just assumed, but maybe, maybe that's just my bias, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, so like it talks about the fact that the the infernal dwarves uh, kind of destroyed this enclave after at, after the saurians or the, the dwarves, whatever they are, destroyed this enclave after they like sabotaged a lot of their cannon. So, I thought, and then at the end they like read some kind of uh, in, in so the copied runes or glyphs is like a discourse with between the saurians when they try to decide what to do with the dwarves when they're like oh these dwarves seem pretty cool like maybe we can teach them vitalism yeah but also they like like fire and we hate fire so this is like the first thing we where we get to know that the saurians they they don't like fire and industry and, and metal and stuff yeah they they, they really could because obviously that's against against like the natural spiral of life yeah, exactly. So, so then they like after this long discussion, they're like, "Oh well, what if we just like take away their like fire machines? Then they're pre- then we're they're definitely gonna be vitalists. This is a great <laughs> idea." So they go ahead and sabotage the cannons, and the dwarves are like, 
uh, okay, let's you just let's just ethnically cleanse the Saurians. Like that <laughs> seems like a good solution here. <laughs> because you know dwarves are Jews and that. So there's like a couple of things I thought was really funny here. So first of all, this what this one told me is that the Saurians are basically eco terrorists. Yeah. Yeah. So they're they're just like you guys have industry. Fuck you guys. I'm just gonna like sabotage and like destroy your cannons for no reason. They're, they're like Greenpeace. On crap. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I basically what I wrote down is that I'm pretty sure that Saurian ancients are on Tifa. That's the that's what I wrote down. <laughs> they're like fuck these capitalist bullshit dwarves. Like we're gonna destroy their industry machines and then we're gonna have like this fucking <laughs> awesome hippie enclave. And it also talks about the fact that they have like no leaders or something. So it's like a hundred percent anarchists. You know, like it's very like a flat organization or something. So I'm like, no, nobody's gonna be a boss of anybody. It's gonna be great. Yeah. Exactly, and, and I also put that this this is also kind of like a translation, so I, I'm not sure how accurate it is, but maybe maybe there's something like kind of lost in this format, but it's it's quite a big diversion from the old method of of writing the background because normally it's from like a human point of view, but actually yeah. we get we get quite a lot from the Saurian point of view here. Which is interesting. Yeah, yeah, we get some funny things like they, they call the dwarves hair skins or hair skinks because they're small but they have hair. So <laughs> hair, like hair, hair skinks. skinks. Yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, so yeah, they, yeah, they talk in like kind of weird sentence structure a little bit. Yeah, but I I, I can I can kind of understand that a little bit like because obviously it's been like translated into English or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Like some lost in translation stuff. Yeah. So, um, aside from like the fact that they hate fire and that they destroyed the dwarf cannons, did you get anything else from this one? Uh, from this one, uh, well, not really. Like, I guess what what I what I got was the the idea. Well, first of all, that they're probably not gonna have pyromancy. That's <laughs> that's the first part uh, that I got from this. But then also this this idea that like but that, uh, that will also answer Patrick's um, moaning comments that <laughs> why do they have cosmology or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, I think it makes sense that they don't have cosmology because they, it's not that the cosmology is the balance between order and chaos, right? It's not that they they balance shit. They just they just want order, like an excessive amount of order, like yeah. no chaos at all. And also, they don't like any fire. So I think this is a. I feel like it. it, it it's really the the background motivation for the paths is really strong in this one. So hopefully that will not change. Like I, I hope they definitely stick to to what the, the to those paths because they're very strongly motivated. In yeah, this. I I think from this you can see like divination, you can see druidism, you can see evocation, you can yeah. maybe see alchemy, maybe. I think alchemy comes up in a later one. Like there's yeah. later one which talks more strongly about like transmutation and stuff. Yeah. So what's the next one? Uh, yeah, so it's called uh, relationships. Uh, so I didn't write. So yeah, th- what was happening here is like there, uh, it's like somebody's uh, like it's yeah, it's a transcription I guess of uh, like an island tribe where they're like talking about uh, the fact that they have like their island or something and that that, that they're, they were like protected by the Saurians. So it's kind of like the the Saurians like really. Uh, like made sure that they like when they were invaded or something they they just like made sure nobody could could like uh, kill them so they like protected life 
Yeah, I think that was like the the, the big uh, takeaway I had here that they they're yeah they're basically like pro pro life definitely. Yeah, I, I didn't really get that much from this one. I I thought as exactly the same as you. It was like the only thing that we really got is that this was like some kind of allied enclave to the Saurians and they wanted to protect the life of the people that lived there so that they stopped any kind of invaders like killing them or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So like it wasn't, it, it's not so related to, to, to the game as such, but it talks a little bit of like some, you know, like primitive island culture stuff and then, they got invaded and the Saurians protected them. That was like kind of the, yeah. the whole thing. Exactly. So welcome back to Amazon Podcast, episode number... 67, part 2. We're talking about Sauron Ancients, and we're on page 17 of the background supplement, and we're going to talk about Anoraks. So, Casimir, take it away. Oh, yeah, okay, so this is this was like the, the worst one to read, because this is like a conversation between, I think, Skinks, perhaps uh, uh, Tegus... Like, uh, and it's it's really like a transcription of what they say to each other. And apparently, they all talk in, like, Yoda voice. So, <laughs> yeah. it's like all well, the it's, sentences. It's a translation, right? So Yeah, and it says at the bottom that they tried to, like, keep the, the, the you know, the, the peculiarities of the language intact. And it's just, oh, it's so, it's so hard to read because of the, you know, the, the, the Yoda ordering of the words. Like, it's, <laughs> this one is real rough, I think. Yeah. It was a bit much, right? Yeah. So it's like a letter between probably skinks where they talk about like the the anorarchs and like one of the skinks is like these these guys are fucking like they they're not great. Like do you remember back in the day where they controlled everything and enslaved everybody? And the other guy's like, ah, oh, they're not that bad. And then uh, <laughs> and then like the, <laughs> it's kind of. I mean, are they the? Yeah, like, exactly. yeah. Well, like okay. Well, we found. Our our Anorak just like fucking burns someone to death, so we don't really trust her. And then yeah, your the one other... is like, ah, oh, your one is seems fine, but <laughs> yeah, it's like it was just self defense. Like it's just like I know, like okay, dude, I know the Nazis were bad, but let's try fascism just one more time. It'll be fine. <laughs> but it yeah, also exactly. kind of shows that there's different temperaments, right? That different Anoraks have different personalities different characters diff- they're not all like kind of aligned they're not all the same yeah and the, I, I think kind of connected to this one is the is there's a part which is from uh, this reoccurring character Natalia uh, below which is it's is a lot better because it's not written in, in, in Yoda voice <laughs> uh, where, yeah, where yeah they talk about like she's she now she's lived with the historians a lot of time so she's like uh, spending time with the uh, uh, anorarchs so she's t- like spend time with somebody called Anorark Nurturing and another called Anorark Vital. The approach speaks like directly into her mind, whereas the other one, it seems like the Anorark can actually recreate like human speech uh, to some extent. Yeah, there's like and, a difference, right? 
Yeah, and they talk about like some of them uh, they can yeah they prefer to like do this mind meld communication and are some of them are even strong enough to like actually take control of people's bodies, uh, whereas oh. others like kind of disdain that. So so like here we have some kind of sinister thing, right? Where some of them are just like fuck you, you'll be my puppets. Whereas uh, whereas other ones maybe are a little bit more uh, not that sinister, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, so, so the, there is a, like a difference in character and personality between the Anoraks, and, and I think that's quite interesting as well. They're not all on the same kind of wavelength. Like they all want different things. They all have different uh, goals and whatever. Yeah, it's, like, it's not all sunshine and roses in Hippie Town. No, they're they're not smoking the drunk. <laughs> no, they're like super super analytical. That's that's what it seems like. Big the, brain the, geniuses. They're all about the spreadsheets. Yeah, it's like kind of some kind of smart bug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so exactly. the next one. Uh, let's see. Oh yeah. Oh, this one. This one has a lot to talk about. This is the. It's called technology. Um. So this is some some expedition of people who like set out to investigate Saurian ancient technology. I think so. They like meet up with some Saurian person who take like takes them into to a cave filled with like Saurian ancient technology so like there there's like a lot of shit goes on in this cave so first of all the we get to re- relearn that they they hate fire but then there's like fucking portals to other places <laughs> where they can communicate with people there's like pyramids and those pyramids apparently are made of some thing that like collects heat and then like Sometimes it says that the Saurians are like, if I need to go to a journey like in the night or some shit when the sun's not out, like maybe I need some extra heat. I fucking block off this pyramid and it's like stored some heat in it, and then I'll just use it as like a backpack. So <laughs> keep those radioactive. <laughs> the, the, this was like this was the moment that I was like, ah, it was going so well. It was going so well <laughs> yeah. until this point. It yeah, like was you had back. you had done so well. Ninth age oh, yeah. until this moment, and I was oh, like, it's, "It gets worse. Ah, uh, it gets worse." And this is because the point. Then, this is the point at which it got much worse. Yeah, and then they're like, "Oh yeah," and like they they have like magnets and shit, but they're like natural magnets because you know hippies, and uh, <laughs> and and then it's like, "Oh well, how do the quartals fly on the platforms?" Well, turns out that they're sitting on massive magnets, and like they cast a spell to make the ground magnetic so they fly over it and I'm like fuck off that's bullshit stop and then like and then I'm they sorry. like I'm sorry that's bullshit yes <laughs> respect my physics that's it's like it's very you're clear like, to me that so, they... so you're like if it's magic it's magic and that's fine yes but if, but if it's magic magnets then fuck you <laughs> yeah, if it's magic exactly. plus science it's not fine <laughs> exactly this is the, exactly my point and it's, it's just like another point, point of this is like she's like touching the magnets that, of uh, of these saurians and the saurians is like oh, hold up wait up you have like a lot of metal on you, so I need you to like remove your knives and shit. And like that's not how magnets work. It's like it's not like a fucking stupid movie from from the sixties or something with like a massive magnet that will suck all the metal from like across the <laughs> fucking state. You know, like magnets are really powerful in that small area, but like they won't like if you hold a magnet in your hand, they won't like suck all your fucking shit like from your pockets. You know, <laughs> uh, angry. <laughs> 
That, that was the, the physics nerd in you is coming out a little bit here. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, to me here, it's like really clear that they have fucking linguists and like fucking dinosaur experts and shit, but like where's the, fu- where's the real scientists on this team? Like, come on. <laughs> they, they need a physicist to, to go with all the magnetic shit. Yeah, exactly. Just like veto some of this bullshit. Okay, like, so you can just say, say it's magic. That's fine, okay? Like, so don't, don't try it. to do the fucking, like, justify through science. No, 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 no. Stop it. <laughs> just say it's magic and be done with it. Exactly. Yeah, so so what I got from this is, like, the, the, the Sorin's agents are quite fairly low-tech. They don't do metal working. They all have, like, stone weapons and stuff like that. They don't, they don't really like fire, as we kind of covered, but they do use, like, natural magma for heating. And they yeah. they can use this for like heating metals as well, and um, yeah. like the humans that we hear from this story, are like kind of part of their like vitalist culture in some way, and there's some kind of telepathy like going on. Like they can communicate with them, like and they're also, I I don't know if these humans like inherit the telepathy, but they like they can communicate through each other in the same way the Saurians can. So there's some kind of inherent culture here. Yeah, like maybe if you attune to the Saurians, you can like, like that opens you up to that kind of communication. Yeah, they, they also have like similar culture with the, the names as well. So that, that kind of like adds to this kind of idea. Yeah. And there, there, there's a couple, a couple more funny things here. So another one thing is that, like, they, you know, they don't really have fire, right? So how do they see in a cave? Well, it turns out that they just crystals. have like random ass. So even more, even crystals. more hippie bullshit. <laughs> yeah, it's just like fucking, fucking feel good crystals that are glowing. And then it's, <laughs> then at one point they're like a skink shows up. So f- first of all, really positive. Like the skink shows up and she's like, "Why is this skink wearing like an eggshell as a hat?" And I'm like, "Oh my god, that's so cute. That's amazing. Skink shell, skink with an eggshell on his head. Like, it's like you know when you see the the videos of like little cats with like stupid helmets on. Like that's what I'm imagining. <laughs> cute." Okay. But then that skink like throws up his spear and it's like, bro, like throw a dagger at me. Throw a knife at me, bro. Throw it. Yeah. Throw it. Just throw <laughs> it, bro. Just throw and it. Then she throws a dagger at the skink and he's like, look at my magnet spear that reflects the metal. And I'm like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> for, for me, this is like, this is purely, purely to justify like a five plus ages against missile weapons. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm just imagining fucking Jedi Saurian warriors now with yeah. their fucking magnet spears. This, like, is, this is purely to justify that, like, torso rule that's, like, the bubble five procedures. This is purely, purely to justify that. Yeah, but, like, you don't like you don't need to have magnets to justify that. You no. can just have it be a magical aura. Like, that's okay. Yeah, it could just be magic, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, there's also some kind of, like, hive mind going on here. Like, you could... The humans and the Saurians are some kind of connection, and like you can see that in the in the background. There's like this sense of purpose coming through telepathically. Yeah. But but as you say, there's like these radiators, like these like big stone monoliths, which are like big radiators. Is like okay, right? Yeah, like, like you're kind of just trying to like justify them being cold blooded. Okay, like whatever. Yeah, but I, I don't, like, get it. Like, don't they live in sunny places? Like, do they really need these radiators? Is this, like, but only I, but I guess, to move? I guess these, like, radiator monolith things are, like, for when they don't live in sunny places or when it's winter. I, I, I don't know. 
Yeah, like the, to go in the night or something. I don't know. Yeah, and then the radiator backpacks were just like, okay, right. Too, like, yeah. That's a little bit too much. Yeah, that's, that's, that's not, not good. It's like, okay, move out the army. Everybody go get your backpack. <laughs> <laughs> go get your radiator backpack just so you can move. Dis- disassemble yeah. the temple so that we can go do this shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so and that's why, this, that's this piece is actually temple, like... That's why all the temples are missing in the rest of the world. It's not because they like were destroyed or crumbled from <laughs> erosion. It's because they deconstructed them for backpacks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like go to school and shit. They're like, oh yeah, back to school backpack. And and this this piece is like titled astronomy, I think. Yeah, yeah, I didn't get any astronomy from this one. But there's like one tiny paragraph right at the end that's like says absolutely nothing about astronomy, but okay, sure. Yeah. And, and, yeah, and I, feel, yeah, I feel like I feel like these like kind of like high technology things like they're a little bit on the nose, like. The whole like magnetism things like it would be easier if, if it was just like magic. Yeah, and, and like the like, crystals and the hippie shit with the stones and the souls. I don't really understand the reference to this. Did you get it or what? Did I miss no. something? No, I, I I don't know. Maybe maybe somebody else will be able to to tell us. But like I I also didn't really get what this is referencing per se. It also said like something about Doctor Tombstone. I don't know if that's like a comic book reference that I missed or what. Maybe you guys know. Um, no, I don't know anything about that. No, I'm, I'm not, not into comic books. Okay, so it was just like a shit name. <laughs> yeah. So then it got interesting. Oh, yeah, take away it on this one then. Now it got interesting. So, so now we're talking like some actual interesting shit for the army book because... The rest of it was, like, not really that interesting. Yeah, so, here we get, like, a lot of new units, I think. Yeah, yeah exactly. So now we're talking about, like, the Magnosauria, which is, like, the the, like the greater dinosaurs. So the big shit that's going on in the books. So this is, like, a, a diary about someone who goes to Varentia to, uh, I guess, there's, like, some sort of, like, Jurassic Park tourist type thing. So it says that the the Magnosauria, which is basically the big dinosaurs, only native to Varentia, which is South America, but they're somehow distributed worldwide. I guess by either these like magic portals that we mentioned before, or the boats that the Saurians build. Um, they're tamed by the Saurian ancients, and I guess they're used in war and as beasts of burden. So it touches on a lot of different uh, species. Uh, of dinosaurs and and it's kind of like it's it's a little bit too sciencey for me. Yeah, yeah, I think you could tell that this this one I could tell that the the, the uh, like science uh, or the uh, dinosaur expert guy has definitely had a big hand in writing this one because it yeah, is very like, like like I feel like the context of what we're like looking at should be more like sixteenth century. Europe, but yeah, uh, but I, I feel this is like very like eighteenth nineteenth century like it, it seems like very advanced science to compared to what I would expect. Yeah, like, like, there, yeah there's the, no there's no religion in this. There's no like okay these like these dinosaurs are kind of made by the gods sort of thing. It's very like analytical and scientific, and I 
I, I feel it's a little bit too advanced for what we should expect in the setting. Yeah, like, and the, the kind of uh, who goes in there, it seems like it's kind of, you know, like Charles Darwin-esque figure who goes in with like a band of mercenaries from Destria, like 300 dudes or something, and they, then they get attacked by, by dinosaurs the further in they go. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree. He goes like, oh, I'm, I'm going to call this dinosaur by this, like, you know, Latin some sounding name yeah, and yeah. stuff. And he's like, well, I mean, that doesn't tell me much, I guess. Like a lot of them, I was like, oh, they're renaming all the other, all these things. Like there's, I think there was like some, uh, like huge ostrich uh, dinosaur that was called like Strutiosaur or something. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, exactly. So, so is that going to actually be a new unit or not? Like it says that it's like a, like a fucking three yards tall, super ostrich. That's what it says basically. Yeah. And, and, and this is, this is also quite interesting. So I, th- I think let's, let's take it one by one. So the first thing yeah, that's sure. uh, talked about is, is the Raptors. Mm-hmm. Which I think is quite a nice, like little, a few paragraphs. It kind of expands on the types of Raptors. It says that like there's different types. They depending on where they're from, they look different. They have feathers. They don't have feathers. So yeah. I, I think I think that's quite interesting. Like because we we heard a little bit from the Dread Elves, and now we hear a bit more from the Soaring Ancients. And I think once the the books come out, it's going to be a bit more clear about like the nature of the Raptors. Um, as you said, there's the Struthiosaur, which is like this ostrich kind of dinosaur. I don't know if yeah, this which is, is like, like okay, three yards tall. Like that's pretty tall. <laughs> yeah, like I, I don't know if this is like intended to be like the Trollolodon or the Stegosaur, whatever it's called now. Yeah, first I was like, is this the new Carnosaur? But then Carnosaur comes up later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know what they're getting at this one, but maybe that's the thing. Maybe it's just like a furry, a furry Trollolodon. Yeah, so yeah, maybe or like maybe it could. I mean, it, like it could also possibly just be some some setting based thing and not actually a unit. But but yeah, yeah. maybe missed opportunity in that case. Exactly. So I, I'm not sure why you'd mention it if it's not going to be in the book. Yeah, exactly. And then then it uh, talks about the the carnosaurs, which like the most like frightening things. Like I actually read a I actually like watched a video recently about like. I'm into dinosaurs. I watch videos about dinosaurs. And um, there was like... Hey, no judgment here. Judgment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hello, my name is Henry. I'm six years old. <laughs> the, my favorite like... dinosaur is the Tyrannosaurus rexus. <laughs> there was there's one uh, dinosaur called the Carnotaurus, which is like basically a T-Rex with like horns on its head. And this video was saying that it, like the max speed that it could reach is like 40 miles per hour. I was like, oh. what the fuck? Like, that's fast. That's crazy yeah, fast. Well. And for that size fucking monstrosity, like, there's absolutely no way you can outrun that. 40 no. miles per hour, top speed. Like, that's fast. Yeah, I think... Yeah, you I just think... have to hope that you're small enough that it's not interested in eating you. Yeah, yeah exactly. But, like but I, I, think, I think this is kind of mentioned a little bit in the text. Like, obviously, there's different types of carnosaurs, so... You can maybe expect some different upgrades for the ty- the carnosaurs, something like that. You you get your T Rex, you get your Spinosaurus. Um, the T Rex is obviously the one with the short arms, and the Spinosaurus is the one which like hangs out in the water. Um, but yeah, like as as I said, like they have like scientific names. It's kind of weird. Yeah, they're like oh, there's a Carcomumimus, and you're like okay, and then a Carnophaganax. Like, yeah, uh, this is this is too much. Yeah, yeah. 
And, uh, and, and yeah, they, they mention, like, the, the Ankylosaurus, which is, like, the like the armoured one with the, the club tail. They, they kind of mention a shooty dinosaur, which shoots, like, projectiles, which is... I think they're called Razodons right now. I can't remember exactly. Yeah, and now they're, what, like, a Quintacerosaurus or something? Or, no, that's something else, maybe. Oh. No, that's a Taurosaur. That's yeah. a Taurosaur species. But, they, but they, there's also, I think what's most interesting is that there's some new dinosaurs, which they mentioned. Yeah. So I think the one, one of the ones that, like, kind of stood out to me was the the Pachyocephalosaurus, which is, like, the basically the, the dinosaur that has, like, the domed head. Oh, okay. So yeah. the, I think that could be, like, an impact hit dinosaur or oh, something yeah. like that. Yeah, like that's that, pretty cool. That could be quite cool, like a, basically like a chariot, but like a dinosaur. Yeah, it'd be nice. Like, I, I like the, I like the idea of that as a unit at least. Yeah, what stood out to me was the titanopods or something. It just yes. says like, yeah, it's like these like fucking dinosaurs the size size of tree trunk legs or something, and, and just. Uh, I, I, I literally, get... I literally wrote yes, finally. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, it's we get some like, like massive dinosaurs. Yeah, this needs to have like a hundred times hundred fifty base or something. Like yeah, just a fucking Ex- fuck off base. Exactly, exactly, and and it's gonna be like stomp two d six, all the bullshit, and yeah, it's gonna yeah. be fun. I th- I think That'd this is cool. a really really good addition to the book, and I really hope that they kind of uh, make this a, a unit because it's it's gonna be really cool. Yeah, definitely. I didn't get it. Like, I guess it's a herbivore. I uh, like it just uh, yeah so, yeah definitely definitely so, herbivore. So to me, like, is this is this supposed to be like kind of a long neck dinosaur? Yeah, it's, it's probably going to be a Diplodocus or a Brachiosaurus or like an yeah, Argentinosaur or something like that. Yeah, cool. But it, yeah, that, another another fun another fun fact that I learned recently about like, Diplodocus is that the the tails are like they're so strong and so they're so like muscly and so fast they can whip them so fast that it breaks the sound barrier. What? Yeah, apparently. So, <laughs> so like Jesus. when they whip their tails, they're so fast that it makes like a sonic boom, and that the tails would like scare off predators. Dude, that they should definitely put that in the rules. Yeah, that's that, great. that's pretty cool, right? Yeah, sonic boom, cool. Sure. Yes, yeah, like maybe you can make like a little aura of terror bomb or something. That'd yeah, be really cool. I, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> Yeah, they also talk about like uh, some kind of dinosaur that that like camouflages itself, which is not like just a small skink. Yeah, like it, it was it wasn't like, like a chameleon skink, right? It was like some kind of other dinosaur. Yeah, it, like because it's right before they start talking about the flying ones, but they call it like a compsosaurus or something, and it says that it like kind of it scales, uh, mm-hmm. kind of uh, chameleon. It's like a chameleon in the sense that it camouflages to the background. Yeah, like, like I, I don't know like to what extent they're going to include these in the book specifically, but like it seems weird to mention them and not include them, right? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Like, and then uh, the, the whole story finishes off with like one of the the captain of the expedition. He's like, those titanopods, the fucking massive ones, like they're pretty cool. Let me take one of the eggs. And then they <laughs> get like hunted by actual saurians who are like, give back the eggs. And the guys, like, the scientist is like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. Like, I really hope I get to see my old poodle again. I think poodle is a boat. You think it's a boat? No, no, no. I, I'm pretty sure it's like a little dog. 
Okay. <laughs> I thought it was a boat, but okay. Yeah, maybe. maybe. But, 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 I, but I, I, just... I think, like, what was most interesting about this one is, like, the... Like, the... Okay, there was two things that were most interesting. Hang on. The, the, they, they mentioned salamanders, so salamanders could be in the book. But they also mentioned that these, like, massive, like, titanopods, like, some of them are so big that the... That like they have pterosaurs like nesting in in them because they're so big. Oh, shit. They're like like making nests on the on the backs of the dinosaurs because they're so big. I think this is like quite a cool like idea or image. Yeah, dude, they, they get to have like carrier dinosaurs that you can like launch airstrikes from. That yeah. sounds great. I mean, I, I I don't know. Maybe not rules wise, but I think it's like a cool image. But what they did mention, big spoiler here. Is like some sort of like Quetzalcoatl. I don't know if you noticed that one. What? So what is that? So a Quetzalcoatl is like uh, it's like a mythological, like flying serpent. There's a lot of models out there for it, but there's oh. never been like a a unit that you could use in a book. Oh okay. So let me try and find oh, the that. let me try and find the excerpt, and then you can then you can. Think of it with yourself. So, okay. Uh, among the swooping airborne reptiles, I saw I caught several glimpses of one larger beast, bedecked in radiant colours. It appeared to possess the long coiling body and fangs of an anaconda, but of larger size and augmented with bright and extravagant plumage. I wonder if I'm beginning to hallucinate. Oh, so that sounds really cool. So I think like I. I'd- so yeah, I, th- I think that you can maybe, I wouldn't want to preempt anything, but I think you can maybe expect like a new unit in the Quetzalcoatl because this is something that the community has been asking for for a long time. And, That's great. And it's kind of appeared now in the background somewhat. So I, I, th- I think, I think this, can, this could be something that could be in the new book. Oh, that'd be awesome. Like, when I read that, I I just thought, like, oh, this is just a description of one of the current flying ones. Like, I didn't even think about it, you know? Yeah, well, well I, th- I think this is this is more specific than that. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Like, I didn't really think of the fact that it talks about it's having actually a snake body instead of, like, wings. Yeah, like that. yeah. So, it's, it's like a snaky thing with, like, little wings. I, I let, Let's see how it manifests, but I, I think it could be something in the new book. Cool. So the last piece. So this piece I thought was actually really, really good. So it talks about like uh, talks about the the uh, enclaves that aren't like following the standard, uh, I guess, uh, like rules or or customs of our nations. So it has like every little paragraph has like an example of a different uh, enclave. Yeah. Uh, so. There's like they talk about enclaves that like maybe uh, live in the desert or like associate with with krakens. Uh, but let's see which one. So there was a couple ones that really uh, like stood out to me. Uh, so I think one is when they talk about the, the there's something in the the great ocean by the copper mountains where uh, where it seems like the Saurians actually like seem to to venerate some kind of god so that's very different from the the other background like that these these have like they venerate something called the troglodyte king yeah uh, which might be like a super powerful uh, uh, 
uh, what, what were it called? Alcarac? Anorak, yeah, exactly. Uh, then there's another one which is also super cool where they're like in the, the, the empires of Kogi, where they're in, in some jungle where they have lots of big cats or rather dinosaurs. Yeah, so like they're, about, like, they're riding like jaguars around the jungle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's also super cool. And they venerate some leopard god. And here it comes into like the Aztec stuff. It talks about them making like bloody sacrifices to this leopard god. Yeah. And, so on, uh, and it also, and they, also they mentions like the chameleon skinks, like, and it seems that the chameleon skinks are like native to Tafria, which is interesting. Yeah, and they do like they they practice cannibalism and all this kind of stuff. So a lot like darker than the the yeah. main. Story yeah, the, 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 these enclaves seem like much more barbaric than the than the vitalist ones that we talked about, in, like Varentia and Atua and stuff. Yeah. And then there's one in Destria, which uh, uh, where they talk, they land like some Destrian, no, no, sorry, not in Destria, but in the Bastion Islands. So there's a Destrian ship who, shipwrecks there, and they meet these these Saurians, where they they have almost no warriors, but they all have like they all seem to be mages instead. Like it's a whole enclave of just like lots of, of mage Saurians, and they go like in big multicolored feathered cloaks and stuff, and cast a lot of uh, magic, and they. What they do is they collect like all these different people from different places and keep them as slaves because they're kind of trying to recreate the Dawn Empire from before <laughs> the fall. Yeah, so exactly. I thought that was also super cool. Like that, that, that's to me like, like really that, that really. Do you, do you uh, think? I, do you think this one could mean that there's going to be like Tagus shamans or something like that as I well? Cayman shamans. Maybe or maybe it's like a supplement or something. Like that would be super cool. Yeah, like maybe so well. you can have like wizard enclaves in a supplement for for your normal Saurian units, something like that. Yeah. So I, I feel like they definitely in this part they definitely open them up to like lots of, of new cool uh, like uh, like this one really more than uh, the other fluff text for the R armies here. Like when I read this, I was like, that's a cool army to build. And this yeah, is a cool. Yeah, army it, to build. it gives you like a lot of different um, inspirations, right? Yeah, exactly. Like the later they talk, uh, there's an enclave around Sundan where they build like these large ships, and they say that one of the ships they saw was like it was actually not a ship; it was like a super ginormous sea turtle with like a city on top of it or something. Yeah, <laughs> and I thought that was like a, that's a, a great reference to uh, Terry Pratchett's and just yeah, just a just a good time. Yeah, but but I also think like this this What's is the name like of that a really good Anduin. Yeah, something like that. This is a really good example of how like the narrator is not re like a reliable narrator. I think. Yeah, like, maybe, but but even if he's not, like you can you can read this and you're like, I have an inspiration for yeah, for yeah, making, yeah, like, yeah, def water, definitely, you know? definitely. But like at the same time, I think you'd be like, okay, maybe it was not a sea turtle, maybe it was just like a big raft. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. But uh, but, but, the, the, but at the same time, it's like a cool idea for like a story. Yeah, exactly. And then the last one is like these, they talk about like the, the craziest Saurians or something, uh, which are like albino Saurians with uh, yellow eyes and grey teeth that like worship a serpent god called Shari in like uh, the swamps. And they this, also this just is like, like uh, in the, the Indus Valley or something like that, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's like close to the plains, I think. It seems close to... I would expect this to also be around the area where, where like, the uh, Makar live or something like that. They call, talk about, like, the Sky Mountain. Yeah, I think I think it's Sagarika, like, the in India area. Okay. 
yeah, they, they, these these seem to be super violent and like they carry heads and trophies and like like they're like headhunters, right? Yeah, so that that was like I think here is where you'll find like if you think the current like the the main background is a bit too hippie, like here you'll find your more like animalistic, savage type of uh, of uh, settings. Yeah, and it's quite nice that they gave us two options in our like kind of fluff building, let's say. Yeah. I think, and I think to be honest, for me, like more than you know, every army book so far has had that page where it's like, uh, oh, you can make your warriors from like this, you know, army or something, and they all have like black gloves or whatever it was, you know, like, and th- that that was okay, but like I feel like this to me is a lot more evocative. Like each of these little paragraphs has like a whole army concept it's, in it. It's, it's like a different but, culture, right? Yeah, exactly. Like much more than just like, oh, these dudes have like a different. Exactly. So, yeah. I think that's about all we have time for tonight. But hopefully you got, like, a good impression of the Sauron Ancients. But what's... I definitely what's, did. What's, <laughs> the, what's the overall feel of the book? Like, how do we... How do we, like... See, how do we think it's, like, different to what we used to? Like, what do we think? Like, do we think there's going to be lots of new units? Like, what, what's the overall impression I mean, for me, I think it's fine, you know. Um, you know, you can't hit a home run with every piece of creative writing, uh, but there's some there's some pretty good stuff in here, you know. I wouldn't say it's a masterpiece, but I like it. There's a couple of things, like I said, that sound a bit silly when you read them through again. You're like, okay, that's that's a bit that's a bit silly, but um, and I think probably trying to like voice voice the Saurians in their communiques with each other. Yeah, you know, that's a little bit difficult, f- right? Falling into some writing traps of like, yeah, basically yeah. like you said, of like Yoda, Yodifying them and stuff, you know, um, maybe makes it a bit more camp than it needs to be, but maybe that was on purpose, you know, you never know. They, we have been making this joke about them being like super hippie-like, but I mean, like that, that thing like that whole section on vitalism starts with like some pretty cheesy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it sets the tone, if you know what I mean. It's on page six, it's like the third page in, you know, setting the tone for like, like at least what, what some, what some elements of this, of this uh, civilization are like. You know, and it's just like, okay, well, if that's the voice that they, they're a sort of outward facing voice, then I guess when they talk to each other, they're going to be, they're going to be fairly, you know, cheesy as well. Maybe that was the idea, but I think that it sort of just takes, like, you know, you asked us what, what were our preconceived notions about what Saurians would be like? This is definitely not what I would have said. (laughs) It's quite different, right? It's significantly different, and I don't necessarily mean that as a good or a bad thing. It's just different than what I would have thought. Um, I mean, it doesn't make a big difference to me. Ultimately, I'm not going to be playing them, um, like, as them. So if, I don't feel like I need to get into whether their lore or or, or, or flavor is, is, is good enough for me to, to taste. But, you know, 
I guess I expected I expected a little bit more of you know there still is it's like they took some of the wayfarers kind of mythos and like ham fisted it into this you know like this Aztec thing that is I guess sort of um, legacy from the Warhammer universe and you know maybe they should have just maybe they should have just gone their own way completely with it you know but I guess maybe they maybe they figured there's a lot of people with Saurian models that are going to have a lot of Aztec shit in them so you know yeah, like that's you don't want to, problem. You don't want to disappoint people with that have legacy units, right? From being able to feel good about their army. Yeah, that's that's always an issue. I think for me, like uh, my my perspective is probably like as you if you remember what I said in the beginning, I was like, "Oh, Saurians are just like really boring and like nothing interesting." And that to me was I think this is like if nothing else, it's very interesting. I think like it's uh, it's, it's yeah. certainly I, I, like expanded like the culture and the ideas and the ideals of this this faction, right? Yeah, like I've I've always viewed Saurians like like in like in Ninth Age in Warhammer, I've always viewed them as just kind of a bit gray, like nothing very interesting. It's just like you have a super frog and that's it, and the other things are just stupid. And it's like this to me made it, there was a lot more color here, and yeah. it, like. I went from being like, oh, I'm like, I'm, I'm no interest in this, to, to being like, I'm actually quite intrigued. Like, there's definitely, as you say, there's some, some writing in here that, that like, they made some stylistic choices that aren't like maybe the best in terms of readability. But, but I think I like, I'm definitely interested. Like this, this, I think this was like one of the more, like one of the better background supplements. Yeah, like, especially I, I, compared I to agree. It's, it's definitely more engaging than the other ones, right? Yeah, like the uh, I think to me the, my favorite is still the Infernal Dwarf one with yeah. the uh, like the the funny like uh, poem, but uh, but like the the Kingdom of Echotain one for example is just like a lot more more dull than this because it, yeah. it is the Kingdom of Echotain is a lot more like it's exactly what you expect, and and that is just kind of Bland. not very interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, this one was much more interesting. So uh, the next question is. Um, how, what do you feel like is going to be in the book now compared to what's in the slim book? Like, do you, do you feel like after reading this is going to be new stuff coming in? I mean, hopefully they, they play up the all female aspect of it. Right. And like they name stuff with more feminine naming convention. Do you know what I mean? Like, sure. like instead of like uh, you know the chieftain or whatever, right? Like call it you know I don't know if, I don't know if there's a matriarch. Matriarch, yeah, matriarch is like would be rad, you know, or or you know I don't know duchess or you know like I don't know some kind of female. I, you know, I, I can't think of it, but like 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 follow the theme, you know, that you've you've laid out so that it really. It really is like a. It, it's obviously it's a matriarchal society because they're all female. So the leaders are female, the followers are female. It's the males are literally just like sex toys, like m- miracle semen bags. <laughs> <laughs> they're like floating little dicks, yeah. And it's like miraculously unfertilized eggs that end up being male and jumping out and jizzing on all the other other eggs. Like it's 
great you know okay cool so let's like let's like let's like really get like i hope they just buy right into it with now with that they've done with the background right so, so you don't so end how, up having like like the king the king or you know or yeah exactly. like like a bunch of like dude bro names yeah, <laughs> inside yeah. of it you know like i just think like you know that it would be it'll be cool if they if they follow it all the way so how, yeah, how about you customer did you get anything from the like what new things we can expect from the book so I think what they're, I think this is a good direction, and I think what they're gonna lean in on is is new dinosaurs. Like that, that to me is what I got from this. Like, uh, there's, there's definitely gonna be a couple of new, like completely new big like monsters units, and like at least what I got from this is maybe not so many like new infantry sized things. Like you'll probably have your your tegus and your skinks and your caimans, like kind of like before, probably with some different roles, some different stats, you know, depending on what they do. But like I didn't really see anything else there. But like I, I get the feeling that there's gonna be a lot more choice in the monster department, which I think is is a good direction overall. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Like as as we kind of talked about the Tyson pods, hopefully they're represented. The Quetzalcoatl, like for me, it would be. I, I I'm not a sword nature player, but I'm I'm sure like people would appreciate that model being something that they could use because there's so many out there. I think yeah. also also something that we could maybe look forward to is maybe the wrong word, but we could maybe expect is like some kind of like hive mind rule that's gonna like characterize the yeah. army. Like we we kind of see yeah, this well, like telepathy theme and like like industrious hive mind thing that flowing through all this background. Yeah, so so to me, how if I get to like wish list, what I would would like that to mean is that I think currently one of the things that makes me like kind of not excited to to, to play or pick up Saurian Ancients is that it's like a very uh, like bubble heavy army. If you see what I mean, like it's very the the Quattel is like the center of the army, and he like really he really sets the tone for everything that you're gonna do, and it's super important that you're within his range when you play. And that just leads to very like kind of analytical where you have to like make sure everything is perfect for you to you know for the game to go well, and it's just kind of boring to play. I in my opinion, I, but I, th- I think time, I think the Anorak is going to be not leader. Yeah, exactly. Like to me, if 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 this if we remove that and it's more like like the maybe what this high man fine thing means is that you don't really need to stay in the bubble. Like all the Saurians are kind of independent in a way. Like that, that would probably lead to a much more interesting and to me like appealing army, because like kind of like the current style is very, I don't know, like it, it really promotes like the way of play it promotes is, is like you you really measure everything out exactly to make sure that everything stays inside of that bubble which is super powerful, and then you just cast a lot of magic on people and it's it, it can kind of sometimes feel like kind of a foregone conclusion when you play against it, you know, like, oh, I know I'm not going to reach that unit by the end because he has, like, enough double flea that it's just not going to be possible, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think one more thing that we can also maybe look forward to or experience is, is like, uh, as it said at the start, like, the, the Tagus, this kind of Saurian warrior class of lizard is is going to be slightly different to what we can expect right now um 
It said that they're, they're as intelligent as the skinks, so perhaps they're a little bit faster in the new book, but maybe not as strong, or maybe not as resilient, something like that. I think the stat line is maybe going to change somewhat, or perhaps even there's going to be like wizards who are Tagus wizards. I think, yeah, that'd be really interesting. Like, like wizards that can also fight. Yeah. I think something else that could happen is... Um, what was I going to say? Magnets. <laughs> just yeah, just the, fucking magnetars. There could, could, could be like new magnetic technology that we, we haven't really covered so far or something like that. Magnetosaurus. Oh man, <laughs> it's a instant turn off, like instant limp dick, just like just just sad. You don't I, want a Magnetosaurus with like a cool red helmet? <laughs> no, no. What I want is I want this. I want the skink with the eggshell helmet for like extra cute points. Like that's well, well that's that's like Magneto version of the of skink. Oh right? shit! Yeah, you're right. Oh no, <laughs> with his fucking magnetic spear. <laughs> Look at my cool spear, yo. <laughs> Yeah, I can't remember. All right, I'll edit this shit. <laughs> it's fine. I'm drunk right now. <laughs> All right. Well, good times, you know? Yeah, I Thanks think overall positive, you know? So. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. going to be quite an interesting book to uh, to see how it manifests. Definitely. And um, I'm quite looking forward to seeing what happens as it progresses. But let's see. Um, I think uh, this is it. So thanks very much for listening to the episode. If you have any comments, you can message me on the forum, Hen- Henry P. Miller. Yeah, I mean, now you can actually message me on the forum as well at Casimir the Swede because I ah, changed my name. Casimir upgraded his name. Yes, now, now I won't have to be like, uh, let's, uh, I don't know, it's kind of this, but you won't be able to spell it. <laughs> It's like a more marketing-oriented name now. Casimir the Swede. Yeah. Is it all Casimir the Swede? Is it all one word? Yeah, it's all, all one word, just together. How did you Talk spell Swede? accessible to the fan base. Yeah. How did you nice spell one. Swede? That's the most important thing. Uh, S-W-E-D-E. Yes. The vegetable kind of Swede. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. Uh, thanks very much for coming on. Thanks, Alex, for joining us despite your face being smashed in. Thanks, Kashmir, for joining us as always. And we will catch you on the next episode.